Hey guys, before we get into the episode, there's a couple of things I want to share with you real quick about some upcoming events. One of them being from one of our sponsors, the Nate D Foundation. You might remember Nate's mom, Tiffany, from episode 84, where she shared the memory of Nate and how he was lost to a fentanyl overdose. And you can find more information on them at nate-d.ca. On June 24th and 25th, they are having their annual Nate D Memorial Slow Pitch Tournament in Aldergrove, BC at the Philip Jackman Park and Homerdale. Now, the tournament itself is full, but if you happen to be in the area, you can stop by and you know, buy into one of the raffles, make a donation, check out some food, watch one of the teams that, that have paid to get in and support this great cause. Remember, what they do is to send individuals who couldn't otherwise afford it abroad for trauma therapy, even locally for some counseling and therapy for people that, again, couldn't afford it. They do really great work, guys. They support the show. And, you know, if you could support them, that'd be great. If you're not in the area yet, consider going to the website. That's nate-d.ca and making a donation. Show your support that way. The final mention for upcoming events is you might remember Joseph Fourier from episode 94 and 95 and how we talked about losing his son Harlan Fourier to a fentanyl poisoning. With the pain of that loss, he has started the No Thanks, I'm Good campaign and they are having an awareness walk and rally to bring awareness to the high number of fentanyl poisonings and deaths in our communities that is in winnipeg manitoba on june 25th starting at 12 o'clock at the odita center now they don't have a facebook page or a website yet but they are getting to that in the meantime if you've got any questions don't hesitate to email me ashes to awesome podcast at gmail.com and i'll put you in touch those are a couple great causes to support and if you can please do thanks for listening guys now on to the show Podcast, Rising to Recovery. I'm your host, Chuck O'Flanagan, and thank you for joining me while we take a mostly serious look at the realities of addiction and rising through recovery. So full disclosure here, guys, I am re-recording Mothers and Demons episode right now, and that is because it is by far the most popular episode, and for that, I'm very thankful, actually, and that's because I'm very proud of this episode. I feel I did a very good job of reaching out to the mothers of addicts, and also mothers who are in active addiction. And I wanted to do it some justice as I, it was episode 10. I've learned so much now after 45 more episodes that I've made about sound quality, production value, the whole package. So I just wanted to put the best product out there. This is me reading from a blog post I created for Mother's Day in 2022. So the content isn't going to change, but the sound quality will be much better. And at the end of the day, I feel much better about putting out a, a professional product as compared to what I recorded those months ago when I first did this episode. And of course, I also did that episode under the Dopey Canuck podcast name. Since then, we've rebranded to the Ashes to Awesome podcast name. And if it's going to be the most popular episode, I feel it should be indicative of where we are at now, both with production value and with brand of the show. So if you want to go back and read the original blog post, I'm going to share it on the Ashes to Awesome Facebook page as soon as I'm done recording here. I think it's, um, you know, some people just read better than they listen. And I think it's a very powerful episode, and I'm very, very proud of the reach that this one has had, and maybe some of the respite it has offered to mothers of people in addiction. It is an emotional read for me. I will try to get through it without crying, 
No promises. I'm already thinking about it and starting to well up a little bit, but I'm going to give it my best go. Before I get to that, I just want to talk about the PSA, which is another element of the show that has come up since the original recording. And the PSA is still brought to you by the Bossy Bitch, who is a dear friend of mine who took me to task on making sure that I did have a public service announcement as my listener base increased. And, and she kind of reminded me that it's a responsibility of mine. And the PSA is this. It's about Narcan and how I feel very strongly that everybody should have it kicking around. I appreciate most of you are never going to be around irresponsible opioid use. However, you never know when it's going to be around you. There is a story I tell about being in a house where somebody overdosed. One of the fellows ran outside, banging on the neighbor's doors, looking for Narcan. Nobody had it. Fortunately, in that instance, the first responders showed up in time with Narcan, and the girl lived through the experience. However, all too often, that's not the case. It is small. It is compact. It is free at most pharmacies and all harm reduction centers. And if you can't find it in your area, send me an email, Podcast at gmail.com. I will find it for you in your area. I will do the legwork. It is just too damn important. And if you can think of a reason why you shouldn't have Narcan on hand, I'll give you five more that say that you should. Anyway, next up, guys, I just want to quickly go over the new format of the show, and that is the Monday to Friday format. We have something different every day. It's evolving, too, so this is subject to change as of this recording, but right now, it seems to be hitting really well and working really well, and I'm very proud of what we're doing. Monday are Memorial Mondays. We take a submission from a listener who has lost somebody to overdose and addiction, and we try very hard to raise awareness to the fact that the people we lose are so much more than a statistic or how they passed. Next up is Topic Tuesdays, where we take an inspiring story from somebody who has come from the ashes of addiction and into the awesomeness of recovery. Sometimes that's the person that submitted the Monday episode. Sometimes it's the loved one of an addict who has fought the fight uh, alongside their addicted loved one. And well, sometimes it's just something random that's, you know, an, an awe-inspiring story of somebody else. So the, the Tuesdays are subject to move around a little bit. Wednesdays, we have Kaleidoscope Wednesdays. That is with the captain who we have dubbed him. He is a therapist with a master's degree, and he is wise, he is charismatic, and he is passionate about all things outreach, addiction, recovery, and personal growth. Those episodes for me are a personal favorite. Quite often we unpack some of my own stuff and how I'm doing with my recovery. And, um, I get noticeably uncomfortable. One of my, uh, one of my listeners mentioned to me and, um, it's a good thing. It's a, it's a positive thing at the end of the day. I'm really proud of those episodes. Thursdays, we take a break from the seriousness of recovery because we all need to laugh sometimes. And my friend Scott from the No New Friends podcast, who is a gifted comedic mind, comes on and shares some tips with me that are generated by ChatGPT. Um, most recently, we did one about sober date ideas. The time before that, we did uh, things not to say to somebody who is in recovery. Uh, we've, we've had a lot of fun with this. So uh, that's what Thursdays are. Fridays are evolving. Right now, they're a Final Thoughts Friday. I've got Carl the Atheist coming in to help me out uh, with this next one in particular, where we go over the week and kind of take his thoughts on it. Carl is a very dear friend of mine, has so much to do with why this show even exists. And I, I really proud of having him on the show. So that's where we're at right now, guys, with the Monday to Friday. I appreciate every single one of you that tunes in to listen. So let's get into this. I'm going to read the blog post as it was posted. 
and try not to sidebar too much, but no guarantees because, you know, I've got the attention span of a piece of salary sometimes. So here it is as it was written, folks. Good morning to all. The first thing to say today is happy Mother's Day to all the moms. I'll talk about my own mom in a bit, but first I want to say it to the mothers of people in active addiction. Mothers of addicts suffer right alongside their suffering children. They celebrate them in recovery, then they suffer again in the event of relapse. They hope, they cry, they show tough love when all they want to do is love without the tough. They worry about things no mother should have to worry about. And God willing, when their children come back into the fold, they worry some more while showing unconditional love. They question their parenting while simultaneously being the most amazing parents. The ones who find the strength to make the healthy boundaries they need to make for themselves and the addict fight with their own demons, who I can only imagine are every bit as cunning as a demons an addict in recovery has to fight. This is tough. They do all of this and so much more at the behest of their child's action. When I make a choice, good or bad, my mother shares the consequences, good or bad. It's no small thing to be an addict in active recovery. The internal fight is endless, but the choices are at least mine to make. The mother of an addict, my mother, is a conscripted soldier. Mothers of addicts are warriors of love. Whether they are winning, losing, have won, or have all too often lost the battle that they are forced to fight with addiction, they are heroes. Then there's the mothers in active addiction. They're probably the most judged people who suffer the disease of addiction. It's an easy and completely understandable stance to take, and I don't blame the people who do judge. It seems so obvious that a mother should love her children enough to choose them over drugs. I woke up to a friend request from someone in active addiction I care deeply about. I'll randomly call her Carly in order to respect anonymity while still being able to humanize her while I talk about her. I've watched Carly battle addiction alongside me for a few years. Her current drug of choice is the worst of them all, but sure as hell isn't her first one. I watched a, pro a progression from one drug to the next and all of the ups and downs she's experienced in between. Carly has a son whom she loves very much. The times I've seen her sober and with him, she has been one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met. Do you suppose that when her son was born that she loved him any less than a sober mother would? Do you suppose when she was sober that she watched him in the first six or so years and thought she would fuck up her life and by extension, his life by getting high? The answer to those questions and all of the questions like it are of course not. I'll take the liberty to move forward with the assumption that anyone reading can at least agree to that much. The next question is obviously, how can she choose drugs over son? With the above in mind, the answer is, in fact, it's not a choice at all. It was a pile of micro choices. More than that, those choices were being influenced by a disease with no known cure. Calling addiction a disease is stating a fact that has been scientifically and medically proven time and time again. I've personally watched her fight the disease through some awful parts of her life. A metaphor was put in front of me recently that I'd like to share with you. Imagine a snake wrapped around a saw blade. The snake squeezes the saw and cuts itself. Now the snake thinks the saw is trying to hurt it. Naturally, the snake squeezes harder to try and kill the thing trying to kill it. Eventually, the snake squeezes so hard it kills itself. Carly's brain is the snake, and the saw is her disease. The pain of not having the sun in her life makes her squeeze harder. Does the depression cause the addiction, or does the addiction cause the depression? I'm fortunate. My battle with addiction doesn't inc include the nuance of loving and losing biological children. My fights are daily and hard fought, and though recently I've won some of those battles, I lost a fuck of a lot more before starting to win. Relatively speaking, though, hers have been even harder. Carly is one of countless moms who today is fighting a fight the vast majority of people on earth can't even 
fathom having to fight for a single day. Well, I'll be celebrating my own mother and the battle she has fought alongside me as a conscripted soldier. I'll be thinking about all the other conscripts out there too. I'll also be praying for moms who are fighting this cunning and resourceful disease of addiction. Please do the same. So yeah, it's Mother's Day. I'm so broke I can't afford to turn around, so buying something for a mom who more than deserves it isn't really an option. The thing is, I could buy mom a Corvette, and that's not what would make her happy. I thought about dedicating my next 30 days of sobriety to her, but the NA program teaches us that we can never attach our sobriety to another person. There's multiple reasons for that, and aside from saying the logic is very sound, I won't get into the details. However, what I can and will proudly do is dedicate my last 30 days of clean and serene living to my mother. I might have been able to do it without her, but I didn't have to. Every small thing I'm learning to appreciate, the fact that I'm alive to enjoy it, and so much more, I owe in no small part to her. Please help me with something else if you've read this far. Dedicate a prayer for her. Pray for the addicts and the mothers of addicts who you know or don't know today. Pray for the mothers of the addicts who lost their fight. Pray for the mothers in active addiction. I know that if one prayer is inspired by the actions of my mom, she will, she will have received a gift worth so much more than anything material. That's just who she is. And guys, I'm going to sidebar for just a quick second. Because of my mom and the way she kind of kicked me in the butt about practicing my daily gratitudes, the daily gratitudes are now a part of every episode. I list some of my own daily gratitudes in every episode. If I have a guest, I get them to do it instead. But the daily gratitudes are a huge part of my recovery. And one more thing that is thanks to mom. So at the end of this, I list my daily gratitudes because at the time I was doing the blog, that was it. So these are the gratitudes that I had that day. And I'm just going to share them with you because everything else has been from that day. It just seems appropriate. I have to say this as well. The Daily Gratitudes are brought to you by the No New Friends podcast. It's a podcast for adults who love to laugh at adulting. And and really, guys, I listen to No New Friends to take a, a break. Um, most of the episodes that we we produce here on the Ashley Strawson podcast are very serious, and they can be emotionally taxing. I'm an emotional person, as I'm sure you've, you've heard throughout this episode. So I really do. I, I, I can't stress enough how funny these guys are and how much of a break. And the fact that Scott comes on once a week to help me out on Thursdays now is um is just that much more awesome. So my daily gratitudes from that day, from Mother's Day 2022, were number one, my mom, of course. Number two, my stepdad. It's his birthday today as well. And that's that's a, every year it's there, you know, within a couple of days of each other. Number three, Carly, for reaching out to me at a time when I needed a way to articulate my thoughts. Number four, my sponsor for calling me last night and talking for an hour. He gave me some great advice about the lonely time we experience in recovery and so much more. Number five, all the moms in the world. Number six, the rest of the conscripts that involuntarily fight the disease of addiction alongside us. Number seven, my life. I turn 45 tomorrow and I'm happy to be alive for another year. Finally. Okay, guys, that's, uh, that's the blog post in its entirety. I hope, I hope you share this with, with some moms that are, that are struggling, right? I really do. Um, please, I, I don't think I need to say more than that. Also, guys, I just want to take one more quick minute to share with you some of the other things that came from mom and how this podcast came to be. I did this blog last year, like I've been reading from this entire episode and um, I made some mistakes in that, one of which was sharing my sober count with the world and kind of attaching my sobriety to the success of the blog. Um, this is why I don't share my sober count with the world right now. I, I really don't even pay attention to myself. Um, and, and that's just because it's all about, you know, living for today. But 
when I mentioned to her uh, a, a few months back that I wish I could just write for a living because I loved it so much, she came back like a day later and said, hey, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And that's really that the seed got planted. And from there, I started the podcast. It, uh, you know, when I originally did it, it was about, uh, it was stupid, funny stories for my active days in addiction because, you know, I've always been a good storyteller. And then as things kind of evolved, I found my why. And now the premise of the show, uh, the, the mission of the show, I should say, is to um, first and foremost, um, offer some inspiration and, um, and hope to people that are in active addiction, though I appreciate not a lot of active addict, though I appreciate not a lot of people in active addiction are tuning into a regular podcast. So the next, um, I, I won't say the next because the missions are, are in no, you know, order of importance to me. Um, the, the mission then would be to offer the loved ones of addicts some support and maybe even some respite from the, um, from the guilt and, and all of those things that, that accompany being, um, loving somebody in addiction and, you know, the, the way that they can beat themselves up. So that, that is, and then the next mission, um, the other, I should say mission is to raise awareness to the fact that the people that we lose to addiction and overdose are so much more than how they passed and so much more than a statistic. So all of that comes from mum. Um, the other thing that comes from mom is if you listen at the very end of the episode is the letting them know they're loved and using the words you are loved. That is 100% mom. That comes from her. She used that on me, no matter how ridiculous the conversations were that I was having with her. And she ended every conversation with that. She also randomly said it to me. And those words you are loved planted those seed for me that the day when I finally had enough and I wanted to come in from the cold. I knew they were there. I knew my family was there. I knew I was loved and it made making that transition in from active addiction into recovery so much easier. So that mom is responsible for so much of what happens here. She also unwittingly recorded the first Memorial Monday when we did it about my cousin, Jesse, who was more like a sister to me and a daughter to her. And, um, we, we did that kind of off the cuff and in the end, it turns out it started this Memorial Monday thing, which is so powerful. And I just, I love uh, I shouldn't say, I don't love doing the episodes because they're very taxing on me, but they, I, I love getting them done because I think they're so important to do. So, so much thank you goes to my mom. So very, very much. And I could not be more proud. And hey, listen, if you're in active addiction right now, today could be the day. Today could be the day that you start that lifelong journey of healing. Reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, reach out to your mom, call into detox, Go to a meeting, do whatever the hell it is you need to do to get on the other side, because it is so much better. And if you're the loved one of an addict, you've just taken the time to listen to my show, and for that, I am eternally grateful. If you could just take one more minute and text that addict and let them know they are loved, use the words, you are loved. That little glimmer of hope just might be the thing that brings them back. Bottom of the ninth. Up against the odds, running out of time, only got one shot when it's really do or die. When your back's against the wall, when you're fighting for your life, do you believe in you or not? I'm a believer, I believe. I'm a believer, I believe. 
second guessing every breath I'm full of questions Passes full of cigarettes, alcohol and depression Therapists and all the different pills can get expensive All this bottled up aggression I'm too old to get arrested Almost died trying to get here Got high through my best ears Got sober, then I relapsed Then I cleaned up, got my head clear Sometimes it feels like there ain't to believe in But I believe that we're all here for a reason yeah. You don't think you're a fighter I put on myself for years Tired from my 20s to whiskey bottles and beers Tired of smiling while I've been holding back tears But I believe I can do it, so I'm here I'm a believer I believe I'm a believer I believe I've been told I have a death wish No one's interested Cold and too aggressive Close to hypertension I'm broken from the pressure Explosive with my temper I'm sober but I'm stressing and hope and it gets better Am I falling off? Should I give it up or put it all on pause? Like all this dream so I can visit home and talk to mom? Maybe all I need's another Instagram post With a quote about believing in yourself when you're low You don't think you're a fighter But I know you are You are a liar You say you are You don't think that you're worth it But I'm a believer, nothing is impossible I'm a believer, I believe I'm a believer, I believe You don't think you're a fighter